Hi there, and welcome to Align with Lina. I am so excited that I have the privilege of interviewing ordinary people who, just like me, just like you, are going through spiritual awakenings. Every single one of us that experiences a desire to want to know another way of doing life, another way of experiencing true happiness. Those of us who have gotten tired of chasing things outside of ourselves to make us feel whole, happy, peaceful. When we get tired of the chase because we realize that we've acquired a lot of things and they still don't make us happy, whole and peaceful, we we begin to experience a, a shift. We begin to want to discover what what is the true source of happiness? What is the true source of everlasting peace? So this this entire program aligned with Lina is to help you become aware that there are many, many ways, many, many paths that will all lead us to the exact same thing. And that's a return inside where we will know the truth of our of ourselves so that we can quit chasing for it outside of ourselves. And today I am so excited because I get to interview somebody who is near and dear to my heart. Her name is Maria Janos, and I have met her in my uh, Course in Miracles class that I teach at Unity on Tuesday nights. And it is, I just got a ding that I thought I had turned off. I love how technology, you think you turn things off, but messages still come through. Kind of like how it happens with Source. There they go. Everybody's going to call me now. <laughs> um, but anyway, so let me introduce you to this amazing woman, and let's hear her story. So Maria... Thank you so much for joining me today and for being a part of, of this program because your process is going to touch somebody. They're going to hear something that you say that is going to make, help them make more sense of their own journey. And in other ways, you're going to inspire people who may not have experienced anything like what you've experienced. But in your sharing, some new seeds are going to get planted. So first of all, thank you for being here. And um, tell me, what was what was the moment that you realized that there had to be another way for you? You were making that shift where you realized your your happiness just wasn't outside of you anymore. When was that? Oh, hi. So I just want to say thank you. I'm really excited for being here. And um, so my, you know, looking back on my journey, I feel like I've had a lot of kind of different levels of realization that that I am more than just, you know, physical body and, you know, things that are that appear outside of me is that's what we're supposed to um, achieve and get and strive for. And I think I my journey began when um, my father gave me a book by Dale Carnegie and it's called How Influence how to influence people, you know, friends, that one, the very famous one. And I think my the original um, desire for me was to kind of get, not better, but perfect as a human being. Back then, I didn't know that I was. How, how old were you when your dad did you? I was wow. 12, and I, still, I read that book, and I was still living in Russia at that time. I was in Russian language. I still remember like sentence by sentence because I read that book like so many times. But I think that was my first introduction to to like kind of human um, uh, growth, like being better. And there's like more to just you know to life than you know struggling. And we have the power to to create our reality. But back then I didn't realize it was different. You know, I, it was real, like reality, that the physical reality, and so kind of that's kind of the, that the way it began. And then years later, I after I graduated college, and I got a job. I moved to Maryland, and I got a job. And within like three months, I realized that wow, this is you know, I'm 24 years old, and now I have to you know sit here for the next I don't know 40 years doing <laughs> business and. And it's not that I didn't like the job. It was just the idea of, like, working in this kind of, like, rat race situation. Wasn't, there, there was something in me that was saying that this is not it. And I happened to know someone who was, at that point, we were dating with this uh, guy who was very 
um, on his spiritual journey, he was much more um, spiritual and he knew kind of the truth of who he was. And I happened to, um, he basically introduced me to other teachings. And the first book that I read that took it from the physical human existence to the next level of that there's more to life and we are not just this human beings, but we spirit that are having this human experience was still wild. And the book was called The Force. And it's a small book and he's an incredibly entertaining author. Like I remember just reading and laughing because it was just everything was still like, Funny because the way he explains the ego and, and, and this these things that we get tricked into and we believe these things, it's just truly hilarious. <laughs> and so that's kind of how it began. And this was, I don't know, like, I don't know, 16 years, 15 years ago. And so that's kind of, I, I, from there, there was a lot of like very many ups and downs in terms of I wouldn't do anything for many years. I would get sidetracked in, in, a, in an ego world and, you know, I would forget yeah that seeking my inner world was more important than you know getting another job or you know making more money or spending your time you know like i don't know acquiring things so and then so that was that and then just it was you know during that time i still continue reading a lot of stuff and i think i was getting a lot of intellectual knowledge yes and a part of me really knew that what I, what I was reading is true, but I didn't know how to take it to the inner, like from the head to the heart, so mm-hmm. to speak. And I went, okay, so I also knew about A Course in Miracles mm-hmm. book manual. And I actually had one for over 10 years and I tried to read it a few times and I never really got past page six because it was just very, on your own, it's a little bit challenging um, to understand. And so I was, uh, by divine intervention, as always, I was led to come to your class last summer. And as soon as I, within like, I don't know, like two minutes, I knew that I everything that I have been doing up till this point, like literally led me to that place. And and that's it. And I have I really think the the not the the cool thing about like reading all that stuff, I think it took me everything just made sense so fast for me, just because I had so much information. I mean, I'm like insanely crazy reader. <laughs> I barely read, I don't even know, like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books in that realm. And so yes. So that's kind of my journey from there to here. <laughs> yeah. So t- from 24 to now, how many years is that that you've been studying? 16. You know, that that's a lot of years of gathering, you know, 15 years or so. I, I know the last year you've been taking it from the head to the heart. That's a lot of years of gathering information. And what people don't understand on this journey is that we have to prepare the mind first. We have to have information in our head before we can shift down to the heart because the the heart can open up and it can feel love. But without that that mind having been trained, it's really very challenging for people who become very loving to undo their ideas of their human self so that they can fully embrace that divine love that is flowing through them. So let's talk a little bit about let, let's make a distinction between when you came to my class and you had acquired knowledge and but even before that you you were living your life like everybody else does an ordinary person you got trained on how to be in the world you got trained on what to study what to prepare for when you grew up tell me what was the what was life like for you before you began to really get not just intellectualizing it, but really get that you are more that there's more to you, that you are a divine being, that you're not just this human doing. So talk a little bit about what was life like then that you don't want to go back to. Right. Yes. You know, I think it's about just doing meaningless things. Um, 
about things that are that that don't inspire me or move me, and doing them only because someone else said do it, or because that's what your family or you know your society says, or um, or like yeah, the culture. I guess I don't know. Um, it was just doing that those things that like from not driven not that you're not the, you're you're not driv driven or moved by the inner and I think that was a big thing for me because I since being Russian and I don't know our kids speak all Russians but me personally I think that we are very um being told what to do. So I think my conformity to the outside world and the authority figures, whether it's parents, teachers, grandparents, were very high I should I would say and I feel like I was losing myself in that and doing things not for other people but like just because I was supposed to do them that it just didn't feel authentic to me I guess that was the biggest thing like I just really I didn't know how to be authentic because I just didn't know how to stop I guess I didn't know why I was experiencing that but I didn't know how to stop being uh, start being authentic without you know rocking the boat with Share some of the things that you were doing that you felt you couldn't be your authentic self that that conditioning that was part of of the process that you were going through that was helping you see that that, that there was something missing what were the doing things sure sure like college i went to college the 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 the, um, the major that i you know, the college that was chosen for me, I didn't choose that college. It was chosen by my parents, for example. Mm -hmm. And granted, I was 17. I didn't really know anything. I didn't really, but no, I was not, like, they decided where you go. Otherwise, you're just going to hang out with your friends all day, you know, sitting at a, on a park bench somewhere, whatever. So it was kind of like those things. Then the job, then you got to get a better job, then you got to get a car. Then you got to get a house. And I love my house. Don't get me wrong. It's all those things are great. It's just there's just a, just a subtle sh shift or difference in how you get in these things and what these things are. I don't know. You know, the value that you put on them, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So and I totally can relate because I, too, uh, was raised to believe that I had a role as a woman, that I had to become a mother, that I had to go to school and, and get a degree, that I had to go get a job, that I had to contribute to the household um, or or that I should find a husband who could take care of all the expenses and I could be a stay at home mom, which was really my my preference. Because it's what I I um, saw growing up in a Latin country. You know, usually the moms didn't work. My mom did, but she was an entrepreneur, so it never felt like she was really working because she was always around the house. She worked from the home. Um, but yes, I got to the U.S. and all of a sudden, you got to get educated. You got to get a job. You got to get the house. You got to you got to buy. You got to acquire. You got to collect all of these things. And then get approval from everybody else for the things that I was collecting and gathering and acquiring and achieving. Um, and like you said, that wasn't my authentic self. I didn't know it at the time because you didn't know at the time that that wasn't your authentic self. You you were just more like a robot, you know, programmed to do these things, to execute. Mm -hmm. um, so when you so you started at 24 being exposed to these things. What begins to happen in your mind as you begin to realize that there is this whole nother way? Because for me, the trans the transition was gradual. Mm -hmm. it, it wasn't I, I did have moments of, of insights that I went, oh, my gosh, it, it could really be different. Wow. Those were a few, but it was more of a gradual process. How was it like for you to begin to see that you really could do it differently? Uh, yes. No, it happened overnight. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I from that class, that one class that I took with that first Course in Miracles class, it all came. Oh, to you me. mean now? I'm talking about at 24. Oh, oh, right. Yes. No, I think it was more that it started that I was literally sitting at my desk at work, not liking what I was doing. And and I was thinking, wow, this is totally blows that I have to do this forever and ever. This just totally lame. 
Yeah. And and I remember not like in the morning I had to get a, you know get ready and drive to the office and it was in Baltimore so it was a lot of traffic and I had to sit in traffic and I was like wow is this like your what life's supposed to look like this is just this is just no way and I think that what led to the next step. Okay, and then you begin to get exposed to all of these other things yeah. and you begin to realize that you want more. So. Correct. So it was about 14, 15 years before you came to that Course in Miracles class. So what were you changing? What was shifting in you as you were beginning to educate your mind, as you were beginning to, through all of the books that you were reading, all of the the, the things that you were realizing, take us through that 15 year. What, what gradually changed? And then let's talk about that class. Yes. Okay. So I think that... Um, Becoming more aware, there's a distinct, I would like to say there's an important piece. There was a huge distinction between reading all those books and living from your still and physical way versus the other, the Course in Miracles way. And I don't want to go there right now, but so the all reading all these other books, they allowed me to, to for example, be more patient or to be caught, like not to get so bugged down by things, you know, don't sweat the small stuff. I think that one of the uh, important uh, programs that I heard by Wayne Dyer was the no limit people, the, how to be a no limit person. A lot of, he doesn't talk about A Course in Miracles, but a lot of principles are that. And so it was just, I didn't really know what was the, like the, the kind of like that current that was underneath, right? All these teachings. I didn't know what they were. Like I never got that deep, but so, but on the surface, you know, I would not get, you know, um, you know, things wouldn't bother me. I, I wouldn't, I guess I wouldn't get, I don't know, like I wouldn't, I wasn't just as, I wouldn't like judge as much, but I still was. Yeah. You know? the thing you know all these things you're doing like I was making progress like around many areas of my life but it just didn't feel like it was all the way or something yeah. you know like I don't know it's it's just hard to explain it's just it became such a normal part of my life that I don't really like remember another way or like I don't know it's just so but it's yeah. just on human level. It was just on very physical plane. I was I was making improvements in my life, um, yes. and that's a great distinction because that is where everybody will begin to make the shifts. It's going to be on the human plane. We begin to change how we're behaving. We begin to realize that we could do it differently, and and you are so so correct. It, you know, with the twelve years that I've been coaching and teaching. I've seen, I've had enough experience now to see patterns and, and it is, we begin to hear this spiritual information. We begin to realize that not only is it true, but it is possible that it can be something we can actually achieve one day. Like patience, we know, oh yeah, we could achieve that. And then we got to put it into practice into our lives. But the practice part takes, takes quite a, a, a bit of discipline. So your mind gets trained in terms of having a lot of information in it. So maybe more so than trained is you're, you're gathering all of that information. It's like you're getting new programming in your mind, new, new ways of operating. But then you come to the Course in Miracles class. And as you know, I love A Course in Miracles because it's been transformational for me. And, and I've been a student of it uh, maybe six years and a teacher of it for, for the last four. And tell me, what happened for you in that class when you're hearing this, these teachings? And what, what happened to you? Because it's been fascinating watching you. It's just such a joy to see you take it all in and apply it. Yes, I just, there was one thing I just, re I heard and I knew internally that I am more than my human, you know, my body, the physical stuff, that I am truly the essence of God, that God expressed himself as me. Yeah. And I felt, 
I felt like I knew, even though it was a very like the subtle knowing. Uh, but I also want to say this one thing. The reason why I think I also had this, because I have a three-year-old and a five-year-old girls who I have been watching for five years. Being these extraordinary, these, these, these spirits, there are, are just like, and I think that my inner divinity, like me, my, you know, my God within me was recognizing, wow, like, I think I am that too. Where is it? Like, I want to like, feel that. Like, I want to be like, I want to be one with that again. Because I was like, remembering, seeing them, like seeing them on daily basis. I knew that was something to it. So I think there was also super instrument, like, you know, oh, yes, absolutely. because I was just recognizing it in, in, in them and I wanted to feel that. And so go into the class because the way you explain it and the way it kind of sounds on such a, in the regular words that we can understand, right? It was just, it was just, it just took it home for me that, that, first and I knew that this is where the work is and and you've been coming you know regularly you you hardly ever miss a one of our for Halloween (laughs) yes I had to go do Halloween (laughs) trick-or-treating so talk a little bit about what what is it that through the consistency of coming to the classes that you are able to really receive that is taking all of that learning that you did and begin to apply it and have it make sense. Um, because yes, we have it intellectually, but what what is the process? Walk us through the transformation that's been taking place in you as you take the Course in Miracles teachings, which for me are the most profound I have found anywhere. Anywhere in, in my 16 years on this journey, I have not found anything that is as clear and concise about exactly how it is that we have fallen into this illusion that we're just human doings and totally completely lost our our ability to tap into to remember that we're actually spirit and having a physical experience. So walk us through that. Um. So like how I am today or how was the process of the process of the last five or six months since since you started participating in in the Course in Miracles and have been taking in and practicing this in your own life. I mean, you you grew up uh, Russian, you know, in Russia and you told me that there wasn't a whole lot of religion, a whole lot of God. And now you're studying about God. Yes, it's interesting because I've actually been thinking for the last few days is that. Yes, we Russian that were not religious. However, we really had a very um, belief that God is outside of us, mm-hmm. a very angry guy with a long beard sitting in the cloud, and he will punish you if you don't do the right thing. Right? I, I got that too in the Caribbean. Hey, <laughs> no, I really think that I really was put that in my mind um, a lot. And it's only actually now coming up. Um, I, I think I, I might have like blocked that up, <laughs> but I think I lived from that. I think I was really fear, fearful of God. And honestly, I think in the beginning of the course, even though one part of me knew the truth, the other part of me, I think I was a little scared there because I was like, I mean, am I a couple of things like, am I truly that magnificent there is just no way I'm like not that good um so that was I had to kind of work with that and truly um really believe that that I am that and that I deserve to be happy and have joy and peace and not be sidetracked by like you say (laughs) by our ego into all this you know stuff that is not even really important and it's not even that it's not important it really makes us not to be not to enjoy our life right we get get angry at our friends we judge people we judge whatever i don't know what's going out out there in the world and um instead of like coming to it from a a different perspective yes 
and something that you were saying that is so perfect. So let me tie these two things together. You have these children in your house. You've got a, a three-year-old and a five-year-old who are the pure expression of God. They are happy, expressed. They are sharing who they are. And, you know, those girls are amazing because they're showing you our true essence. And now you're coming to A Course in Miracles and you're reading that your true essence is actually exactly like your little girls are, are expressing themselves. No, no boundaries, no barriers, an imagination that is completely uh, connected to something internally moving them. So we start reading in A Course in Miracles that uh, our purpose is to be happy. And you as the adult know, well, I get unhappy when these girls don't behave. I get unhappy when my husband does whatever. I get unhappy when, you know, the the bills come in and there's not enough money or whatever the case might be. So here you're hearing that you're supposed to be happy, that that's our purpose, according to A Course in Miracles. God created us for happiness. We're going to talk about that in a second, why that is. And and you've got these little happy little girls. And then here you are, mama, not so happy all the time. How, how did you reconcile all of that? <laughs> yeah, they don't really care about bills coming in, you know. <laughs> they don't. No, they, they trust. don't. Know, they, they care about what college they're going to go into or whatever. Or they don't even care if they're going to go to preschool today or not. They'd rather stay home and play all day. So, yeah. Um, so, I think I... Um, the... Just seeing them, definitely seeing them the way they are is a, was a step in the right direction for me. And, and choosing, um, choosing acceptance in situations and literally talking your, like choosing a different thought in whatever transpires mm -hmm. is the work. I don't want to say I'm doing it all the time. I'm, that, that, that's why I say it's the work because that's what I'm. Yes, it is. The work. Work. It's the work of the journey is and the course is very clear. We're always choosing again. We're always choosing to come from love instead of fear, to come from our divine essence instead of just our human self, to to think like God instead of the ego. But you you having those girls is is giving you the opportunity to to practice what you're learning because you also have discovered that it's at that young age that we begin to become conditioned and programmed to think like our parents think, to think like society thinks. And we become rewarded when we begin to follow mommy and daddy and teacher and preacher and government. And we begin to not listen to ourselves. And today's children, because we are in a totally completely energetic pattern right now we we are we are being called to awaken as a humanity whether we like it or not it's happening so your children are the generation that they're not going to be willing to follow what mommy and daddy say and do because they're more connected to their inner selves but as you're looking at your children you're having to do your own work you're having to see how you disconnected because the course is very clear until we know how we disconnect from our true essence and begin to create an ego, we don't know how to return back to our essence. So how in watching your daughters have you been able to apply the teachings to do your own inner healing because the discomfort of this journey of awakening is always recognizing how we, and, and people don't like to hear this, but you know that this is a truth, how we let ourselves be trained out of our divinity. So the journey is a journey of responsibility to, to, to come back to acknowledging our divinity. So how, take me through, as you're learning about the course, you're learning the teachings, the practices, how are you observing your children and doing your own personal healing? Um, let me think for that for a second. Right. Um, they're just pure joy in, in 
pretty much all the time. The only time they get unhappy when there is some sort of like, you know, they have to tell them to do something, they have to do something, or they some kind of expectations are happening. And um, I think it's just seeing them to just being and, and, and just transitioning from, you know, just their existence is just so inspiring um, that I just want to be like that. I don't know. I don't know how to. It just happens so naturally for me. Like I choose, I choose a di- like a different, like I choose to be more like them, right? By just seeing them and how they are, and the, the, also what I noticed that I oh the other thing I want to say is that they like you said you know they mirror us, and that is very true because if I get you know if I get I tracked by the ego and you know if I have to go somewhere and you know I try to get them ready and they're not listening I I would you know raise my voice or whatever I don't do that very often now but I used to and that's kind of was one of the and another reason I was like oh my god this is not accepted and um and so the next day my older one would treat my younger one the same way and yeah. so I had a chance to see, it's like a mirror for, I was like, oh my God, she's only, she just learned this, you know, a few days ago. Like I have, their motivation for me to change my ways was very, very high. Like yeah. I really needed this because I want to come, I want to show up as a better parent and mm-hmm. I want to I be a role model and I can't be a role model when I am, you know, getting upset or judge, so you know, this ego stuff, whatever. Um, so yes, so it was kind of like two way street there. Yeah, but you know, we're always being a role model, and we're going to be a role model as as an expression of our divine self, a role model that is aligned with the truth of who we are, or we're going to be a role model of a disconnected self of a self that is operating from the ego that is going to seek to control others because that is how we got trained as children um, to shift out of our divinity was because our parents wanted to control our behavior. They wanted us to be good. They wanted us to behave. They wanted us to get educated, to, to do well in the world. Our teachers wanted to make certain that we followed the rules and, and all of that. So you, you, because you've got these, three-year-old and five-year-old daughters at home right now, you are beginning to realize that you have to change your ways. You have to become a conscious parent. Huge. Yes, definitely. Let's talk about what are the things that you have been able to um, discover through A Course in Miracles. And and obviously, you and I also do private coaching, and you've attended my, my workshops. But what are some of the things that you're beginning to realize that you have to shift, that you cannot do that the way your parents did it? Talk about that and let's make it practical for those parents who are watching or grandparents who are watching um, to get some tips, some hints, some ideas about how to become, how do we shift into conscious parenting? Yes. Very simple. You got to show up as love. Yeah. Every moment, no matter what, no matter how much you don't like it, no matter how many appointments you have, no matter how many shoes they switched or how many socks they could not find like really i think for me that was one of the biggest like to to in whatever the moment i mean this is like a training ground all the time here right because they're so young and they you know they need stuff and to when they get upset or they don't want to do whatever it is you know that i ask them to do it's just instead of just being authoritative parent like I thought I really wanted to be and honestly a few years ago I think I was very proud of that and I thought and I actually had a conversation with my girlfriend who comes from a very conscious parenting you know way and I used to say no they don't they're the little children they they just have to do what we tell them and that's it and I just want full compliance I mean this is controlling in me and I knew that yeah. And so for me to letting go of that control and having things done my way and bringing, it's not easy it's, it, to me, for me personally, that is, that's the work to, to be able to bring that love in that moment. That is where the miracle happens. 
It like it just transforms the moment. And in a lot of times I have to let go of agreements around an event, most likely, if we you know, if it's you know, I gotta go somewhere or or you just have to give them you just have to be loved. Yeah, let, let's talk about, you know, you touched on this and it's so important because when we have little kids and, and my daughter was already 14 years old when I started the spiritual journey, but I had two younger boys. So I parented both ways, unconscious and conscious, uh, unconscious with her because she was older, but conscious with with uh, the younger boys because uh, there was an age eight, a, a big age difference. It was eight years so let's talk about what unconscious parenting is, because people need to understand that unconscious parenting is to do to our children as was done unto us or to attempt to do different than was done unto us because we didn't like what was done unto us. So either way, it's a reactionary pattern to way of parenting to our childhood, and it keeps us trying to to raise our children today with past information. And it is always keeping us in a state of controlling. We wanna control circumstances to either create exactly what happened to us, if we liked it, or if we never questioned it, or to avoid what happened to us. So it's always based on the past. Now, conscious parenting means that we have to be conscious about what is happening right now. We are dealing with children now who am I now and then we have to pay attention become conscious of why am I reacting to what is happening right now so there's a lot of moving pieces to conscious parenting because the reaction lets you know that you're controlling it lets you know that you're judging it lets you know that you've left the now moment so to become conscious you got to come back to this moment and find out why am I upset and the upset is going to always go back to the past so how are you managing all of that? Take us through an experience when you're having to see the unconscious patterns, the conscious patterns, and you're shifting your, because your mind has been trained to shift, like you said, to create the miracle. Well, it's, uh, <laughs> I'm still working on this, but right now. Me too. I, I ask the Holy Spirit for help. Yes. It's new to me. Say that again. Say that again. That's really important. That, that I ask the Holy Spirit for help. Yes. And what does the Holy Spirit mean to you? Because I, too, had to begin to ask for help for something that, that I considered uh, a higher consciousness than mine. So I think the whole, I mean, I, I perceive Holy Spirit that my, that's what I am inside. And that is my better, me. that is my higher self with god with god so yeah. holy spirit is 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 that is that for me right and so it has all the knowing already and so to call on it i call on it to give me like to tell me what to do in a moment like right there and just by that one before i actually tell you this is literally very i'm talking recent like weeks recently right? <laughs> Because before I was engaging my mind and I was choosing thoughts, but intellectually. Yeah. Like, because I already had a lot of thoughts that I could choose. So I had like that good selection and that helped, but not always. And also I felt like there was more. And so this is the next step that I'm practicing. And it's actually a little removing yourself from, from the, the situation and staying it's funny because you remove yourself and yet you stay in the moment. It's very. It's a paradox, but what you're, paradox. Remo yeah, but what you're removing is your lower self. This is the one that ego side of us that is operating with unconscious patterning from the past. So we're, we're literally moving our past thinking, moving it aside and allowing our now, uh, thoughts, our now awareness, our now beingness, which is our higher self. So we do have these two aspects to ourself. And our higher self is like the light inside of us. Our lower self, the ego is, is that darkness that blocks it. So until we get to the place in the journey that you have, and it's so amazing, um, 
to to watch you do it. I mean, obviously, I I love coaching people who who see those two sides because that's that's the work that I do is teaching people how to choose between the two. But until you see that side, that is your ego side, and you see you feel your higher self, you don't realize that you're divided inside. You don't realize that you're conflicted. You're confused. That's why we're not in alignment. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that. You're you're tapping into your higher self and the Course in Miracles calls to the Holy Spirit. For me, it was Jesus because I grew up Catholic that felt familiar. Now calling it Holy Spirit, calling it my intuition, my higher knowing, you know, it, the name doesn't matter, but there is a distinct feeling when you tap into Holy Spirit. What does that feel like that is different than when you're operating from your unconscious ego mind? To me, it feels like peace. Yes. And it just kind of just comes over in, in a way. And, and you just know. I don't know. If you just know what to do or do nothing. I don't know. Like there's the, something else comes up. Mm-hmm. But in a such a just loving and peaceful way. Yeah, you have access to something else. Yes. So give give us an example of something that happened in your life recently, very recently, where you were able to create that miracle and you shifted from an unconscious reaction to a conscious response to what was happening in the moment. Sure. Yes. I mean, I can I have many of those. But the one that comes to mind is that my three year old is very uh, fashionable and so she has to have things the way she dresses. She's been dressing herself for a few years now. So the way she dresses is, um, you know, a certain way. And she likes to wear it. She has skirts. And she wears every different skirts for different occasions, right? So there's a day skirt. There's a night skirt. There's dinner skirt. There's playground skirt. It's all these skirts, right? And then you used to drive me crazy because, you know, you want to go somewhere and you just, like, don't want to spend 45 minutes picking the right skirt. <laughs> and it goes to bed in a skirt, but every skirt could change also. So you really never know which one will be designated as this one particular skirt. You don't know, but she does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Got it all figured out. Yes, it's whatever calls her. And that's another beautiful thing. I just love to watch that. And so I really like, I get so impatient and I just, you know, I get so controlling. I was just, you know, pink the skirt. And I asked the Holy Spirit just to just come and, you know, take care of this. And I just don't, you know, I'm done. And I have this peace. And it's just, I don't know, there's just almost some sort of a like, um, if you know, Whatever you that was hold whatever was causing the irritation, it's like gone, and it's just you let her. You just sit. I sit there on the floor, however long it takes, and we pick the skirt. I never. I some moments I would be you know try to some cleverly way to to redirect her, but in this particular moment I don't because I truly I want her to go through this experience, and I my just my irritation is gone. And my irritation always is triggered by, you know, because I have to be somewhere or, you know, because like my past experiences, you know, my control in nature, I don't want to say control in nature, but my belief that I have to control the situation and she doesn't know better and I am the grown up and I know better. So I just let, I most of the time I just let it, I like talk her, you know, we talk about it and I get involved in the process. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing is because when we become conscious and we become peaceful, we naturally want to be involved in the process because we're present to the process. You want to enjoy your daughter picking her skirt. You want to you want to participate in the movement of consciousness that is happening inside of her. You're watching masters at play. And it's like so many teachings have told us that enlightenment happens when we return to being like a little child because as a little child we're moved from the inside as an adult we have been trained to react to the outside this is why we want to control things because we want things to be specifically done on the outside so that we can feel good about ourselves but when we're kids we feel good because we are good we we don't know we haven't been conditioned to believe otherwise 
And that innate knowingness of our inherent goodness is so present there that everything feels good. Everything is fun. You recognize that alignment is feeling good. But as an adult, feeling good is being in control, which always leaves us feeling bad. And it's crazy that we have bought into that, that the more we punish or the more restrictive we are, we've got a sense of righteousness, you know, that that parent knows better righteousness. But that was never satisfying for me when I was an unconscious parent for a little while. Yes. But then afterwards, I felt guilt. Yes, you feel very guilty. I actually want to say that I had another example that I just I, I got uh, yesterday. I heard my five year old. She was in the bathroom and oh, oh, yeah, right. She knocked down with her hand the soap dispenser and it fell on the floor. She doesn't know that I'm there. Like she did not see me I'm behind the door. And I think I was just walking down the hallway. And she says, oh, I'm so clumsy. She oh. said, okay, so to me, that is, you know, I can't. Oh, I was like, oh, my God. That, like, I, we don't say that. I don't actually even use that word ever. Uh, and so I, I went in there and I said, oh, Sasha, that's okay. You know, everyone drops things. I drop things. Daddy drops things. Things happen. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't. It's not, you're not clumsy, you're magnificent, and you are the essence of God, and you love, and you, I mean, and I go into my whole thing, right, because I got to, like, fix the situation, right, then, and, and, and so that's it, I don't even know if she really, like, got it, really, what I was saying, but it doesn't matter, because I know the seeds are being, like, I plant the seeds, yes. and maybe they can't really, like, verbalize these things right now, because they're so young, but I tell you, if you ask them who they are, I'm like, who are you? I am God and I'm love. Like they know this. They say these things. They do. They do. They know that. It's there. But as you were saying that you don't say the word clumsy at home, but they're learning it yes. from television, from school, at friends' houses. They're picking that up somewhere. Mm -hmm. And a conscious parent is, is always paying attention to what our children are saying so that we can redirect them out of that ego mindset that is very punishing. It makes us feel bad when we when we operate from our ego. We're always making ourselves wrong to keep us in this chase of getting more to improve ourselves. Um, but you're redirecting her to remember that everybody makes mistakes. Yeah. It is an error. It can be corrected. It's no yeah. big deal. Yeah, I don't want her just to associate that with who she is, and that is like her identity that she. I mean, you know. It's, it's, so beautiful but also that I want to say with a lot of this process is, you know, we, the other thing that I'm working on right now is forgiveness and like forgiving yourself for, you know, thinking with the wrong mind and it happens, you know, all, you know, I don't want to say all the time, but it happens. And so not like you said, like we think we did something wrong and then you beat yourself over, you know, with the brick over the head for the next three months and you, you know, that kind of stuff, but that's no good. And so, like, recognizing that and forgiving yourself that you were in the wrong mind and choosing again, that's also one of the practices that I've actively practiced. Because if you don't clean that slate, then you kind of, you know, just build on that. And then you can't really, um, like, the next time something happens, you have this baggage from the, uh, you know, before. Yeah. So, Helps you just kind of clean that, and, and truly, I'm just realizing that we're not wrong. We're amazing. We're perfect, and we just you know all that magnificent, like you say. And that is just our wrong mind because we were trained from the past to you know to do these things, and so it's not who we are. Therefore, we really don't have a reason to beat ourselves over you know over these things that we make mistakes. Absolutely. And as as we're learning to be who we are, we're discovering that, you know, the source of all that is whatever you want to call it. In my guidance, I've been I've been told to call it GESEL, which is an acronym for God is the source of the energy of love, G-S-E-L, because the word God has been polluted. It's been tainted. It's been used to hurt people, to beat people up. So I love it that in, in one of my guidance um, visualizations, I was told to call it Jesus, and I love it. So the the teachings of A Course in Miracles are letting us know that we are the light, that we are the brilliance. We are 
We are the reason God expresses itself and can experience itself. So you and I get to have this conversation because God through me gets to speak to God through you and God through you gets to receive as well as I get to receive you on this side. So that's why, uh, you know, the Bible teaches, you know, when you get into Christianity and other other beautiful, uh, more mystical teachings tell us that when two or more gather, there is love. So. The Course in Miracles is letting us know that we need others to be able to create that holy relationship, that connection that allows for communion. We come into union where I get to experience you being God and I receive it as a gift for me, which is what unconditional love is. No conditions on what you're doing for me to love you. That creates that moment of oneness between humans. Of course, between a human and an animal or an animal and, and an animal, between us and a sunset. And as you are discovering that you are that presence of love, that you are that light and that the work for us is to come to love everybody, to come into that connection. You're doing that with your children and that's easier. How is all of this impacting you and your parents now that you're you're the one in the middle with an awareness that there was unconscious parenting when you grew up. Now you're shifting to conscious parenting your children. How are you reconciling that with your upbringing? Because it was primarily unconscious. Yes, yes. It's a great question because uh, I, there's a definitely, I could look at it two ways. <laughs> if I, and sometimes I go down the wrong path and I think, oh, they should have known better or, you know, why did I have to go through that? And that was total crap, you know. And, and then, then I realize, and this, I'm still working on that one as well. I realize that they are just the same light that we all are. Exactly. And even though I think with people who are close to you, it's harder to see that because they're so physical for you. And that's all you see. Like, it's much easier, I think, with the new, like, for me now, when I meet people, it's a completely different ballgame. I mean, I just see just the love and life and everyone. It's easy because I don't have any, you know, this past emotions or whatever, all this, you know, ego stories attached to them and all yeah, that. Yeah, your mind hasn't uh, defined them. Right. They, like, pure, you know, they pure and they are and it's all great and, you know. But yes, people that are in our life for a long time like that. And that's why they say, you know, keep your parents or like your immediate family are your greatest teachers because there's a lot of work to be done there. And so, yes, but then the other, you know, and then I return to 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 where I, you know, I, I forgive myself for thinking wrong about who they truly are. And then I just see them as the light that they are. And I still have to work on that. <laughs> it's a journey. You it's know. a start, you know. It's bad. I mean, it's 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 uh, it's it's yeah, but it's good. It's kind of where it is. Yes, it's a journey, but that is a beautiful thing that happens. Both of my parents had already passed away by the time I began to become conscious. So the forgiveness work that I did around my parents uh, happened after they were gone. So I never got to tell them, but. I went through many, many processes. It took a long time to finally realize that they only taught me what they knew. So I was forgiving myself for being so hard on them um, and having so much anger towards the things that I was deprived of as a child. You know, my parents got divorced when I was young. My dad left our family when I was very young. So I carried so much anger and resentment that I, I have decided when I become a parent, I'll never treat my children that way. And and it wasn't until I began to, you know, be a, a, a human and I was going through a divorce that I finally forgave my parents for divorcing because they could only do what they knew to do. So it very healing, very healing. This having your children and being you wanting to be a role model for them consciously you can't hold unconscious thoughts about your parents and feel in alignment. You, you cannot feel that peace inside when you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. You've got to pick God or the ego. You've got to pick love or fear. 
because we, we don't do both at the same time. We bounce back between the two. But the spiritual journey is about choosing the one, what is actually real. And it is that we are the presence of love. And we got to teach our children that so are they. We don't have the power. Well, we don't have the power to take that knowledge from them, but we have the ability to block it from them by teaching them that we're in charge and they're not. Yeah. So as a conscious parent, let, let's use the, the last you know five minutes of this uh, conversation. What are things that you have learned that you are learning now that you really want to implement so that your kids can grow up not only conscious of who they are, but comfortable in being their own unique selves because God does not repeat itself. That's why we don't have the same fingerprints. Um, What are those tips that you're learning from A Course in Miracles or from whatever that you want to to make part of um, what you teach them, you teach your children? Yes, yes. So definitely to be their authentic self and speak up for themselves but from the knowing of who they are, not from the ego um, belief system of wanting stuff, like kind of that, so that kind of stuff, but truly feeling, doing things and being involved in things. And now they're young, but, you know, I know time will come where, you know, if they don't want to do something, they truly don't want to do something. And, and and I don't know, for this great example, so we signed up my five-year-old for gymnastics, and she went through times, and then she didn't want to go anymore. And and I was kind of stuck, like, do I force her to go? You know, we made this commitment, and we have to go. But truly, there is no commitment. It's a bunch of five-years-old jumping on a trampoline for 45 minutes, right? And, you know, I was like, Sasha, we will if, if we cancel this, that you free, you know, we can you can choose that. We can stop this. Um, you will, we just this will, you know, you have to. This is has to be your choice if you choose to stop this. And she completely understood, and she says, "Yes, I want to stop it." And I had to honor that. Yeah. I could not put my own. You know, you can't quit anything ever. If you made a commitment, you have to follow through. I mean, it's all great and some, you know, but in this particular case, like I had to just let it be and ask the Holy Spirit for guidance on that one. And I was like, you know, she doesn't want to go. And why can we say that a five-year-old doesn't know what she wants? I mean, she very much knows what she wants. So that was like really like example that just happened a few weeks ago. And so so then being being authentic to who they are, know who they are, speak about it in a, you know, and express that to the world. And also so that's that's very important. Um, and also to show up as love in every situation and to every person they encounter. Uh, I the judgment, they don't really there is no judgment in their belief system yet just because they're so young, but I really want that. Like if that comes up even that's a big one for me and to 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 get that out of, out there like right away uh and literally like help everyone and be compassionate and loving and, and just that and the other thing that, that i guess that um is um uh, i just had a I'm not thought and i lost it but so those are that those are that's kind of um them being who they are and being compassionate and love in every situation is, yeah is and the thing to be able to teach, to be compassionate and to be love in every situation, one of the things that is really challenging as a conscious parent is to teach that we're all equal. And as a parent, I had to let my children know that I was not the boss of them. I told my daughter I was the boss of her when I was unconscious and she was going to do what I told her to do. And with the boys, it was, I'm not the boss of you. I am, I am your partner. I'm your equal. I know the world a little bit better than you do because I've been out there. So I will share what I know. But ultimately, they have to be given permission to make their own decisions because how else are they going to know they're equal if they don't have the, the power to override a parental decision? And that that is such an important thing to teach our children because unconscious parenting is always preparing us so that we can do better and not be left behind, not be as bad as the bad people We want to do better. We want to make more money and not have less money. We want to be successful and not be 
unsuccessful. So unconscious parenting sorts the world out into hierarchy and, and wants us to climb up to the top so that we're not at the bottom. That makes for judgments. That makes us uh, very self-conscious about where are we on this on this hierarchy. And that's how we begin to lose ourselves because we then begin to want to climb and, and go to the top. And it's very exhausting to use your energy to to control the world, to try to climb to the top when you don't want to be up there. Maybe that's not what your soul wants. Maybe that's you don't need the big house to be happy. Maybe yeah. you want to be an artist, not a not an accountant. Definitely. It's not that there's anything wrong with accountants. Yes, 100%. Yes. It's an art, too. It's that freedom of choice and just being like just having the freedom to choose and not be afraid to say that. And, 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 and just, yes, that is just to me, that is so such an incredible, you know, gift that we can give them that. And also, you know, not to get so into, you know, material stuff, you know, and the toys, you know, it's all great and, and wonderful, you know, that we can, you know, we're abundant and we can get all that, but it's not that, you know, the main thing of their existence and, you know, so, yeah. Yes. And one of the, the key things uh, when not only we're teaching our children that they are loved, that they are an expression of God themselves and that we're all equal, but as we teach them that we're equal, a kindness and a compassion begins to activate on its own. So like you were saying, your your daughters are so young, they don't need to be judging. But once they realize that they're like everybody else, you know, you fell down and hurt your knee, just like that little girl, that, that, that little boy hurt when they fell down and hurt their knee. So you want to be kind and compassionate and not call them clumsy because that little boy fell down. So there is so much that that shapes us when we are raised by conscious parenting because it sets us on a path of being able to, like you said, express yourself. So if you're all equal and everybody's expressing themselves and you're expressing yourself from a, a recognition of equality, you will be kinder and gentler and not want to make yourself better or lesser than. That will remove the victims and the bullies from this world because in a sense of equality, there's no better bully and lesser victim to be taken advantage of and it just changes everything so you are preparing your girls to enter into the unconscious world of of uh, public schools and yes but you can do it you absolutely can do it because once they're aligned with the truth of who they are inside they're going to go out there they're going to be exposed to different things and they they can come home to a consistency where you'll be able to let them know hey other people do things differently but doesn't it feel good to be kind? Doesn't it feel good to be nice? Doesn't it feel good to be peaceful? Doesn't it feel good to share? Doesn't it feel good to know that nothing is lacking? That if you need something, that you can ask somebody for it. You don't have to own it. It doesn't have to be your stuff. You can share. What a gift you're giving to humanity by you doing your own work, yes. by you helping your daughters, and by forgiving, you know, your parents and, and yourself. That's beautiful. I'm so grateful that we've had this conversation. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, forgiveness, definitely. That's one of, I'm working with that a lot as well these days. Beautiful. Well, I I have some future um, Align with Lina coming up. I won't have one next week. I've been a little bit inconsistent with offering these, but I will have somebody here on the 14th of May um, Kim Sumlin, Sumlin, who is a wonderful life coach, and she's gone through her own transformation. And then after that, I will have another amazing, amazing lady. I'll tell you a little bit about Isabel um, when we when we do the call with Kim so that it's fresh in your mind. But thank you so much, Maria, for being so transparent and sharing what you've been going through and helping people realize that when we feel that sense of there's got to be more to life than just chasing the corporate world or chasing something outside of ourselves. And we come inside and we begin to realize that there is a magnificent being in us that has been waiting for us to acknowledge it and give it permission to express itself. We will become like those little children who will be joyful and happy. And what what is really incredible that happens to every single one of us that does the work, and this is not easy work, we are going to go through a dark night of the soul, 
there is a dissolving of our old, old identity. It is painful and uncomfortable to realize that you, you're magnificent, that you're powerful beyond measure. When we do that work, we begin to tap into something that motivates us and moves us and propels us and excites us and really gives us strength and vitality. And, and it makes us useful because we return to being like little kids, that we are no longer concerned about what other people think. We're just moving from the inside. And we leave the world a better place because we become givers of love, not takers. We become compassionate people, not judgmental people. And what's going to create heaven on earth? is for people to be joyful because when you're happy, you don't have to hurt anybody else. You are happy and you share that that happiness, which is the purpose that God gave us when God created us. Happy people know that everything that they need is inside of them and they get to share it with no conditions. That is what true love is all about. We free the world to be itself. So thank you, Maria, for doing that work and thank you for teaching your daughters can I just say this one thing that came recently? Sure. Um, so Wayne Dyer had this phrase that he used to say, light in you is all I see. And he used to literally, when he would see people and meet people, like the first thing he would say in his mind, that's the phrase that he would say, and that it would so just transform his experience. And I, I've heard that many times like years ago, but then recently I read it again and I was like, wow, like what a great, way to just like boom like it's there it's easy to say it's right there and and i just i use that personally now and i just think that it's 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 a really cool uh like a tool that you can go to uh life and use all i see and it's just very been profound for me to in you know and um seeing people in a different life and just loving everyone and being super peaceful and yeah. So I, I imagine you would recommend people come to our Course in Miracles class on Tuesday nights at Unity North in Marietta. Yes, I definitely I bring a lot. Yes, I really love it. I'm there every Tuesday and I I couldn't be without it. It's You're inspiring other people to come. So that's a lot of fun. You're helping grow our community. My life 100 percent. And I think that anyone is who is looking for, you know, just to you know, to know who they truly are and they feel inspired, that's a great place to start. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being here. And thank you to those of you who have been watching. We've had a wonderful audience, sweet comments. So we look forward to um, having you participate with us again at the next Align with Lina and look on my Facebook page because I will post when the next ones are. Thanks a bunch. And remember, we really are magnificent. All we need to do is be that, be what we were created to be. Thanks and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.